Hello, welcome back to That's How It Is. My name is Gemma Edwards and our guest today is Pika Chilita. We're going to be talking about the importance of understanding intersectionality and our own personal responsibility to keep educating ourselves as best we can. Please enjoy the episode. There we go. This is Pika Chilita, everyone. The name is really, really tiny down there, but there is a link in the chat. We were just talking about Twitch sort of based stuff and improvements that are or aren't happening. And and you've been on Twitch since 2014, so nearly 10 years. Yes. Right. So I've only been here three years. So have you seen a lot of change over the last 10 years or Twitch trying or... What do you think they could be doing more of? That's the beauty of nuance, right? Is that two things can be true at once. Yeah. There has been a lot of improvements that have been made since 2014. I mean, 2014 was pretty much like the Wild West. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I can imagine. Had, yeah, it was a completely <laughs> different environment, a completely different ecosystem. It's like 4chan, um, just on its own somewhere. Right. <laughs> you didn't abyss. have as many moderation tools. Even outside of Twitch, you didn't have big and vocal groups made up yeah. of just marginalized individuals. Like you didn't have a group of, you know, Black women gamers, like Black Girl Gamers or the Noir Network, Teen Transmission, which is the Twitch team of trans streamers. You didn't have things like that that existed. So obviously we've come a long way but there's still so much more that needs to be done and the problem is a lot of the time when twitch makes these improvements they happen a little too late just kind of like the responses to the hate raids that was the moment that they finally brought in verifying being able to change your setting to where you have to verify your email or a phone number or something like that and just different little features that to us as marginalized individuals are kind of like safe. no-brainers like yeah, and yeah it's like it's not just yeah. it's not can i have this really fun silly little thing it's like this is my actual <laughs> safety yeah <laughs> but it's not something that they even they even have to think about so it's one of those things for them it's probably out of sight out of mind yeah. but that's very much our lived reality this is stuff to us that just seems you know obvious but apparently it's not to them so. yeah <laughs> yeah i i found that like working where i work and, and in different companies is so astounding the things that you just think a complete and utter common sense other people are just like oh wow yeah Yeah. you just think oh my god (laughs) yeah because you do a lot of work with like diversity inclusion equity as well don't you and you do at work Mm -hmm. but it's like sometimes it depends who's listening doesn't it and i think you have a really tough time at work because basically everyone is old white men so they all think a they don't they don't want to hear this shit b i've i've read a lot of people saying how like i think it was an american statistic but it was something like companies have put eight billion into diversity seminars and teaching and it actually Mm -hmm. was having the opposite effect because it pissed men off Mm -hmm. so much that they were purposefully then either mistreating women or they were just more likely to then hire men promote men because they were like sick of women having these opportunities given to them just because they're women and taking the opportunity from men it's hard to push through that wall and yeah 100 um you're always going to have people who are trying to sabotage whatever it is i think that it's better to change things if you can get inside from the inside but there has to be a line and everyone's lines different you know I've seen some really great people leave industries and businesses I've worked for in the past because they just think I cannot do this anymore like I can't I can't be this person and I think that's the danger that through like fear a lot of it's fear the people running the business or you know the, the senior people they don't want to say the wrong thing so what they do is they pull marginalized people forwards to tell them what to do but actually what you're doing is just putting so much more pressure on yeah so i'm gonna put you in this lion's den and by the way you are now all black people 
Yeah. So yeah. everything see, that we think about you and how you pass this exam or how you do this job or how you bring in this bid, the same for, for women as well. Like you now, if you don't bring in a bid at work, women can't bring in bids. Yeah. If a man can't yeah. bring in a bid at work, that one man just didn't have a great day that day and tomorrow is fine. Right. Whereas I feel like anyone that's more marginalized, you're kind of carrying your entire community on your back at all times and anything you might yeah. possibly fail at, maybe not even fail, just not fucking win. It's like you've taken a hundred steps back and there's always that fear of then maybe just not trying because you don't want to be that one that you fucks it like up for everyone else. Anyway. Yeah. And if you yeah. do a job sort of as a woman and then you fuck it up or something goes wrong or, or whatever happens, you see women can't handle pressure. Women get too emotional. Well, and that's, and the biggest issue with that is, you know, are there certain people that are willing to do that mental and emotional labor to, you know, take the reins in these sort of situations? Absolutely. But the problem is, is they expect for all people to be that way. And the reality yeah. is yeah. a lot of people aren't, and that's okay. Yeah. Not everybody is equipped and not everybody really has the, the, quite frankly, the spoons to be able to do this. And even if somebody starts out thinking they can do it, it may get too hard for them to do. I mean, me, I've been talking about this stuff for a very long time. Yeah, right? you're very active and, and like vocal. Yeah. Yeah. And there are even some times where it gets very tiring. It gets very yeah. burnt out, especially when you feel like the, you know, everything that you're trying to do is just falling on deaf ears a lot of the yeah. time. And it's and just, like, why it's should I have to be the vocal frustrating. One. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's, it's one of those situations where you're essentially coming in and uprooting essentially the foundations of society you're uprooting everything that these people have ever known and they're resisting it and that's why ideally the goal is to and unfortunately it has to be phased out because the problem is is you have a lot of people that just sort of sit in these positions for mm -hmm. years and years and yeah. years but the end goal is to essentially you know phase them out to where you don't have these people that are being so resistant to change yeah. at the top and calling the shots anymore yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree with that. It's about not just getting to the point where those people are gone or kind of like waiting, like a waiting game. Yeah. It's about kind of while we're on that journey, um, you might not ever win those people over, right? Those people in charge, they're going to retire in two years. They don't care. They, they don't right. care about any of this stuff. But I guess from like the bottom up, you can kind of try and bring in the right kind of people. The problem is that, you know, if you bring in a lot of diverse talent, diversity of thought, if the culture is not inclusive that you bring them into, they will yeah. just leave. I've been on a journey myself with starting off my career with loads of internalized misogyny, um, little knowledge of the world beyond what I had experienced, which was very sheltered to where I am now, which is kind of, not all the way there, but I've kind of got to the point now where I'm thinking if I'm going to go into a space, especially with work and I can't be who I am, which is quite vocal. I don't want to work here. Yeah. And kind of getting to that point and being like, well, if you don't want me, I'll go somewhere else because someone else will. I think that honestly, all of us in some capacity at, at some level of our life have some internalized misogyny. I've been there. I'm sure that anyone, whether you're, you know, a woman or regardless of your gender identity has been there at some point, unfortunately. It's important for so many of us to unlearn that because a lot of that is reflective and kind of how we interact with ourselves. And I think part of unpacking that is being honest with our emotions and saying these things that I'm feeling, they're okay. 
their normal. I don't have to be in this situation. But like you said, it's important to acknowledge that everybody does mm. not have that sort of luxury. It's survival for a lot of us to remain mm. in these sorts of environments that are not as, you know, welcoming to us. And like, there was a huge dialogue about all the issues with Twitch and people automatically said that like, you know, heading to another platform was the answer. Yeah. And it's like, I hate to break it to you, but yeah. this is a symptom of the overall society. Yeah. Yeah. This is not something that you're going to escape by moving to another platform. Granted, that other platform may have better moderation tools or something like that. You know, whatever works for you works for you. But let's not act like moving platforms is the ultimate answer, the end all be all here. These issues with, you know, transphobia, homophobia, misogyny, mm -hmm. uh, trans misogyny, racism, you know, uh, misogynoir, everything, even ableism is going to be present everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, the, the platform's not the problem. It's it's societal, yeah. the, the issues. Like you say, move to another platform if that makes you more comfortable. But if you're trying to solve these problems, the platform's not the issue. <laughs> you're not, yeah. you're not yeah. solving the actual problem here. With everything that's sort of diversity, equity, inclusion, and the companies are trying or they're doing their best or whatever, but it's like so many of them, it is it can be a corporate tick box. And I mean, International Women's Day can also be a bit of a corporate yeah. tick box at times. And it's just like, how do you get it past being that and just being something that is just done? I feel like in the same Twitch and the online space and the gaming space, it's definitely can be like that sometimes. And so can more corporate corporate jobs. It's just something they, they want to say that they're doing it and right. they want to put on this seminar and have you run it but it's like you can enforce that they sit there but you can't enforce that they listen right. and then it's like there's so many other things like we were just talking about the culture that need to change for people to even want to listen or be interested to listen right. even if they don't agree with you it's like at least be interested in having the debate but it's like I think I feel like those are almost smaller adjustments but we're kind of trying to go from the top with these big adjustments that is, it can be quite polarizing mm -hmm. for men, especially. I was reading this horrible stat earlier about basically how men won't listen to women. <laughs> so they need a man to say yeah. it. And it's like, yeah. how do you get a man to say it when you're a woman? <laughs> so it's like nothing I say is anyone's going to listen to. It's a hard, a long journey and a slow journey. You've been doing it for a long time, very active. And obviously you're part of a lot of groups that like really champion diversity and work really hard to bring other people in as well. I'm like nearly 33, so I'm a little bit older than a lot of people that are sort of in my space on Twitch. And it's mm -hmm. just trying to clear those barriers for people after me as well, because I think I read another statistic today that they, they thought that the wage gap was gonna close by 2059. And they've just re redone it basically. And they've said 21, 19 now. They don't expect it to be closed until then. And that is just, and that's not even in my lifetime. Wow, I'm honestly, I'm not even expecting it by then to tell yeah. you the truth. <laughs> oh, I'm and, sure they'll add another 50 years on by then, yeah. <laughs> right, they'll keep they'll keep adding to it. And then obviously, uh, I think a huge part of that is also dependent on just how our, you know, country's leadership goes over the years, because that could either speed it up or set it back or a little bit of both. But um, I think one of the biggest keys to like avoiding making stuff like this, like you said, just a corporate tick box or, you know, virtue signaling is basically just yeah. being mindful of how what you do throughout the rest of the year. You know, if you're if you're like a in a in like a corporate setting or just any sort of platform entity, whatever, if you're, you know, sitting here doing women's history month events and and or putting up posters, if you're in a physical location, putting up posters around the office, things like that. And then, you know, all the other times of the year when it's not this month, you're not properly yeah. handling, you know 
employee sexual assault and or yeah. sexual harassment claims that come from women or you're not putting women in any leadership positions, then it's very obvious that they're doing this just to sort of, you know, check off that tick box or whatever. Um, and as it, you know, kind of relates on the race side of things, like we saw that a lot after the murder of George Floyd, like you had all these companies that were flocking to do XYZ and to highlight black creators and things like that. And even people on an individual level, you had a lot of people that were trying to satiate white guilt and were like, tag your favorite black streamer and blah, blah, blah. Not only was that inappropriate because it's like you're shifting someone's murder about Twitch yeah. streamers. So that's yeah. already weird. But it's people, like I said, people were doing it to sort of satiate their guilt and feel better and to look better. But then what, what we noticed is, and this really, I think, is the case to my knowledge because of just, you know, different, different, you know, my peers and mutuals basically mentioning how outside of these event months like specifically here on twitch our viewership there's a there's a dramatic difference yeah you have people that come in during black history month and you'll have inflated numbers during these event yeah. months and then any other time of the year unless you're like have a specific front page slot these people aren't staying around mm -hmm. so that's that's the sort of thing as well in terms of like as it relates to Twitch, where it really feels like, again, that corporate tick box or that personal little tick box. So I think the, the biggest part of avoiding that is to normalize it, to make yeah. this a very year round thing, to not just be inclusive during specific months, but, you know, 24, 7, 365, because the reality of it is, is, you know, I don't have just a month that I'm, you know, a queer black woman. Yeah, I'm I just exist for this month and then I'll be quiet. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> like I'm, this is me, this is who I am. This is me 24 seven, 365. So I don't get to flip it on and off. So yeah. because of that, that's, you know, how it should be for, for people that are like self-labeled allies, because if I don't get to stop being, you know, a black queer woman, you don't get to stop being an ally and you don't, yeah. you don't get, Ally fatigue, quite frankly, it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I absolutely agree. I've had uh, something recently at work where men, you know, like the cis white men who hold platforms, for them to tell stories about this kind of stuff is really powerful because they then, like you said earlier, yeah, other men listen to them more and you know if they can tell stories and what I get back a lot of the times is like, oh, I don't, I don't feel comfortable like sharing that you know, in this kind of environment. You know, I'm just, I don't feel comfortable and it's like, okay, well, good for you because like you, also, just do you said, think women are walking around feeling comfortable like ever? yeah you know <laughs> right. for, for the people who this affects negatively they don't have that choice they come in to this space and they are a woman they come into this space and they are a black person they come into this space they can't make a choice to be like oh i'm not comfortable sharing that part of my life with you they have to whether they want to or not so the least the least you could do is try and you know be a little bit vulnerable and be a little bit more open yeah to help those people it's really frustrating yeah, yeah i definitely, definitely wrote something in my long thing of notes that i absolutely cannot read <laughs> about um men actually stepping out of their comfort zone i know it's uncomfortable to say to somebody to their face in real life you shouldn't say that don't say that like that it's hard to say yeah it's not comfortable but like you don't get to be comfortable for a fucking split second. Sometimes I think I've definitely caught people out of the blue when I'm DJing and sometimes stuff will come up. We don't have a relationship. I'm not their friend. I'm not in their little WhatsApp, like boys locker room. But like, mm. I will say like, don't say that. And it's like, oh, and then I think they think, oh, I've offended her. And it's like, it's not about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you are offensive. 
just yeah. as a whole. It's not just yeah. to me. Like the things that I'm saying anyway, obviously some things could just be personally offensive to me. But a lot yeah. of it is just like what what you're doing is the problem. It's not that I'm being soft or I'm being sensitive or, you know, I'm being woke now and I'm saying, oh, suddenly we shouldn't say that. It's like you should have never been fucking saying it. But just now yeah. people are sort of saying a little bit more to your face. You shouldn't be saying right. that. Yeah. And they're suddenly like, oh. Right. Well, and that's really the biggest thing, right? And, and people don't want to address the elephant in the room, but it's like, you're not going to make real change if the entities in power, and in this case, we know who sits at the top of society, we know who sits at the top of the hierarchy, it's cishet white men. And obviously there's there's different intersections and I, I don't know why the, the subject of intersectionality just is not, people don't comprehend it. <laughs> yeah. um, but <laughs> um, when you have the people sitting at the top that are not willing to accept change or to want to do better, you, you're not going to really get much done. So that is why you have to have people with the privilege within that demographic that have to do the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. For example, even within, you know, even within the black community, you know, colorism is an issue. Mm -hmm. There are not enough people like me who are light skinned, who are speaking out about the necessary things. And as it relates to, you know, gender identity, you know, you don't have the, you know, cishet folks who are sitting here. You don't have enough of them. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty. I have some wonderful people in my community who do that. But the reality of it is, is they're in the minority. The majority of society is not like that. So if you don't have the people that hold the most power in society, you know, aligning themselves with you and actually being willing to do the work to unpack a lot of internalized, mm -hmm. you know, isms and phobias and things like that, and are willing to put forth that effort, which is very uncomfortable, may get your hands dirty and borderline in different ways can be violent and can upset people. But you have to be willing to do that. Otherwise, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And, and it's not to say that, you know, we're not capable of making our own changes. That's not it. We're busting our asses to try to, you know, make things better to make a change. Yeah. But again, it doesn't matter. Just like, for example, it's it's a, there's a larger conversation to be had where people like to point the wrong fingers, specifically in America, about people voting. Yeah. When in reality, it's like we we can't guilt like people like black and brown folks into voting when we do vote and our mm -hmm. numbers are, you know, are record breaking numbers. But then you either have the majority of people, the non-marginalized folks who either swing the vote or people who are rigging things and being corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, how are we going to, how can we make change like that? You know what I mean? It's just people, people don't understand that there's a lot more depth to these things than yeah. what they yeah. truly realize and placing the, placing the blame on marginalized people and acting like they're not fighting hard enough or doing enough is yeah absolute utter bullshit yeah i think there's a lot of misunderstanding around like pushing for change where people can often assume it's like for you you just want to push for change for just you and i don't want to listen to you so i'm disconnected from this when actually it's like not only is it for your entire community but it's for the whole world and the future and ultimately for them too and i know they can't see that yeah. and i feel like a lot of people probably won't ever see that but it's like a war on women is a war on us all and it's like if we had all the women like you know scientists like everything if everybody was at their full capacity of being able to live to the fullest of where their talent would take them or their knowledge or their story we would know so much more so much faster and we'd have so much more as a culture and instead it's just like shh, 
They just don't want to mm-hmm. even think about that. And it's like, and everyone would benefit. You know, like men would benefit from happier women. <laughs> like if you don't want to listen to me complaining all the time, like you wouldn't have to if the world wasn't so shit. And it's just like having those things happen constantly and having to bring them up. And then men are like, oh, it's just kind of annoying to listen to. Like, <laughs> and it's like, well, help then. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If this was lifted. And you made a really good point when you said like, you know, a war on women is a war on us all. And I think that's the problem, right? So many people like to isolate themselves and think that they're excluded from a lot of this stuff. Prime example is, you know, trans misogyny. People like me and, you know, people within my community, I have dear friends of mine, um, trans folks who have literally been preaching to the mountains about how cis women need to understand that attacking trans women and throwing trans women under the bus affects even you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because we're seeing it to like begin how we've been saying this for so long, but we're seeing it start to begin in a lot of this, you know, legislation that's being proposed, like how there was, I think, one in like Texas, no disrespect from anybody <laughs> in chat that's from Texas, but I'm not really surprised. I'm, I'm, that's a dig at the leadership, not to y'all. Or maybe it was Florida, I'm not sure, but then again, one of the right ones. <laughs> one of them. Uh, yeah, one of, one of those two, they're usually the culprits. It was a bill that was like basically proposing hormone testing or body checking. It was something very invasive mm. for girls to be able to play in girls sports and things Uh, like that. I think I read about this. And as somebody who at one point in her life, probably like in seventh, eighth grade, you know, I'm a cis woman, but I had elevated levels of testosterone and things like that. And basing womanhood around, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not you can reproduce or your hormones, et cetera, et cetera, like that impedes us all. And this is very common in and amongst black women where you will see cis women who get accused of being men, basically. And I say accused because that's literally what they're trying to paint it as. Like, ah, you're secretly a man Mm. or something like this. And then trying to, I mean, it's disgusting regardless, but especially when you're trying to bar them from things like sports. And that's a direct impact of trans misogyny. So people, the problem is, is like I said, people isolate themselves and don't realize that they are also impacted by these issues. And that's why it's important to in a lot of different ways and a lot of different facets of intersectionality, it's important for you to, without obviously co-opting their experience, you essentially need to adopt somebody's experience as your own. Absolutely. Like, you know, marginalized individuals have to stick together like that because these people at the top, we're all the same to them. There's, there's no, there needs to be no hierarchy amongst us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I don't know in America, what, if, if you have the same like terminology for things, but over here, we definitely call it white feminism. Um, and the danger of white feminism. And, you know, I meet a lot of people who not through any kind of, um, malicious intent, a lot of women who are what we would call, you know, white feminists, you have to kind of sit down and explain to them, you know, if you're not fighting this fight for every single person for all of the intersectionalities you're not fighting for equality you're fighting for a slice of that pie, pie <laughs> yeah. that power pie you're fighting to be up there but leaving everybody down, else down yeah you're fighting to join like the oppressor basically and yeah. why would you want to do that i think that particularly here in the uk at the moment we have loads of stuff in the media and um, loads of trans misogyny and general trans hate happening being perpetuated by the media so I really thanks for saying what you said and it really resonates with me and I think it's so important yeah and and that's I mean it's definitely a huge thing here to do white feminism which is one reason why because I you know admittedly in the past and not saying that you know 
not policing what people call themselves, but I, I used to use that label as being called a feminist, but then I, re- I learned about womanism mm-hmm. and how that's a term that was created by a black woman that's more inclusive and it's an inclusive form of, it's a more inclusive form of feminism because now feminism has become something that is very much centered around white feminism. Even looking back when I was younger, thinking about the sort of woman empowerment sort of concepts that I was taught, like about like Susan B. Anthony, for example. And then you don't find out until, you know, you get older that she was a racist and was basically saying, I deserve the right to vote before black people do. And so, and then you're just realizing like, why is this just getting taught Mm -hmm. like this? Why were we taught that this was a wonderful person you know what I mean and this kind of reminds me of something that happened to me I believe it was the first time I was on the front page I got a front page time slot it was for women's history month a couple years ago and obviously women's history month comes right after black history month Mm -hmm. and it was funny to me because somebody had came in my chat because I always say you know we get trolls and very very angry hateful people that come in and and it happens but like they came in and were like you just got last month you can't have this month too basically saying that because I have black history I've actually seen a few comments like that (laughs) yeah Yeah, that was the first time that I had seen it. And then there was another time, I think I was streaming like Little Nightmares or Little Nightmares 2 and uh, somebody had came in and was, (laughs) I I can't, and I should know this because I have a whole history degree. Um, They came in mentioning to repeal, I believe, whatever amendment that gave women the right to vote in the U.S. And I made it into a joke because I was like, joke's on you, buddy. I didn't earn the right. I wouldn't have earned the right to vote when, you know, that amendment was introduced because I'm a black woman. So it's like, but like I said, there's so much of that intersectionality that is missing from even white feminism. Mm-hmm. Realistically, it's just tone ignorant because like a lot of the symbolism and, and the imagery that we associate with like feminism is ex- essentially exclusive, mm-hmm. unintent- yeah. whether it's intentional or unintentionally exclusive to a lot of other groups that get yeah. left out of the conversation. I mean, even and- the word femme. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like exactly. femininity and what we think of as femme mm, is right. just like pretty young long hair probably blonde hair like you know all those things that are like feminizing having feminizing surgeries or like feminine features and like when men will complain about being called feminine looking or whatever and it's like that's the patriarchy again and it's like why won't you listen like it's against you too but it's like they just don't read it like that the problem is there's so many layers to it and it's so nuanced and then again, there's so much intersectionality involved. It's like, yeah, obviously women across society experience these issues, but it's like, you have to, again, factor in the intersectionality about it. Look at trans women, look at black women, look at black trans women, look at indigenous women, look at fat women, look at disabled women, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like it's just so many layers to it, but then also add like horizontal layers so it's just a whole bunch of different layers like going feel like going in every different direction essentially yeah Yeah. and you're right it's nuanced and as a white woman I had to go on you know a real journey to educate myself and it's still every day you know I'm learning something new and I Mm. you know I'm sure you guys feel the same every day you kind of think okay I can be better at this I can be better at that so yeah if you're scared about going on that journey or scared of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or or anything you know we all have the same fears it's we've all said the wrong thing yeah it's not about you know what you say you know people are going to slip up people are going to do the wrong things just out because they don't know ignorance you know it's more about the intention behind what what it is you're trying to do if you're trying right if your intentions are good no one's going to cancel you (laughs) no one's going to come out and you know and all this stuff and that's such a scapegoat that they Mm. do is like i won't even try just for example me too movement we saw it happening across different you know different fields Mm -hmm. you know film 
like the entertainment industry, like gaming here on Twitch, like it impacted multiple communities. There was a certain actor. He's very attractive on the outside, but it has nothing but jelly beans jiggling around <laughs> in that soul of his. Be acting as if because of this movement, like it's just, it's, it's harder to work with women or you can't even ask them on dates or flirt with them. Oh my God, I, you can't like, even hug women in the workplace. Hard. It's really not as hard as you think it is. Yeah. Like, you know, I say this as a queer woman, like I don't have to wake up every day and figure out how I'm going to avoid sexually harassing another woman. You <laughs> I know, know what I mean? Like, I know. Or I don't wake up and actively have to think, hmm, how do I avoid being transphobic? Just, just like, keep I your hands in your pockets at all that. times. Yeah. <laughs> right. Otherwise like, I might accidentally grope yeah. a woman in the street. I don't know. I know. Right. And, yeah. Like, do you not hear yourself? How ridiculous this sounds? And also, so, how like, I don't men actively that have to do that yeah. because I don't, and that's why like, you know, especially that's a huge thing in and amongst Twitch, right? Where you have all these cis at white men that are complaining about this made-up cancel culture i always say cancel culture doesn't exist like thank you for saying that because that makes me so i get i get it with with artists because i dj i get it all the time and i'm like don't play this artist don't play that artist people just don't know or don't care and somebody will be convicted i'm not just rumors like convicted and then they'll headline a festival two months later (laughs) and then everyone's like oh Oh, yeah yeah. i love them and it's just like what yeah and then you'll say "Mm, because everyone tried to cancel them or everyone canceled them and it's like but he just headlined a festival is that canceled? Right. Like, well, what? and that's the biggest thing is like you're the biggest thing that people need to understand is you are not obligated to like someone to mess with someone yeah. to support them financially to want to, you know, support them on social media to want to follow them to want to give them money because going to somebody's concert giving them money. I'm not obligated to have to do that. So that's, you know, first and foremost, but it's like the reason why I don't I, I can just live my life as like a, a normal individual. And I don't like act like I have to tiptoe around saying certain things to offend people and why I don't worry about that because I just I'm mm. myself and I have yeah. good intentions and I know I, yeah. I educated myself I, I did the you know I did the work because even as a marginalized individual I can still do more work because there's yeah. other you know there's other marginalized demographics that I don't fall under but I still need to do right by them so I made sure I put forth the effort to do little things that could you know to where I don't have to think about this I'm not crying about why I have to change up this terminology about this you know type of ice cream that I used to eat as a child because I'm trying to be more mindful of the indigenous community how often do I use that word to where (laughs) I feel the need to I don't feel the need to get on Twitter fighting for why I want to be able to say this word Mm -hmm. when it's like you probably use that word once every seven yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's it's you'll be all right. You'll, you'll be, be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah, I say yeah. that. It's just that aversion to change, isn't it? People and I think blame. If somebody says something that you know we don't say anymore, or we're trying to get rid of that word, they just instantly feel this like blame that they're just like you're trying to make out like I'm so horrible, and it's like no, I'm simply saying this small thing <laughs> but yeah. it's like they i think they, they like they group so it with, yeah with everything it. else and it becomes this huge defense and it's like we all say things wrong we don't want to look at our facebook posts from when we were kids <laughs> yeah. from like then mm-hmm. but like even to like the last year there's been every year there's like new things where it's like we don't say this anymore we don't say that anymore and it is a lot to keep up with and sometimes it is like i don't know mm-hmm. how to refer to this or that you are constantly learning but it's just 
not that hard. It's not hard. <laughs> and it doesn't impact your life really no. in, in any kind of negative way. And it is obviously impacting other people's lives in a negative way. So it's a very small thing that you can yeah. do is mm. just mind your language that you use and be aware. Another kind of defense I see people use is um, the virtue signaling defense. And, you know, I don't want to look like I'm just virtue signaling. Yeah. So, so just I'll do, do nothing. It's and it's like, okay. So much easier to avoid than they realize. Like, yeah. it's, it's wow. Very I easy. literally know people in my life that do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of people don't understand this but my my own mother is white so it's like hey guess what she's avoided yeah. doing this her whole entire yeah. life and it was very very easy, easy. for her yeah. wow and her children are black like no brainer yeah. there but it's like people throughout my whole entire community we do it every day yeah it's not that difficult yeah. you know what i mean because there's there's nobody in the world that is a part of every single marginalized demographic yeah. there's just not if we're able to do it you can too but guess yeah. what yeah. the huge difference between most of us and in you know, most of them is that, you know, more than half the time we're actually willing to do that, but they're yeah. not willing to. I think that's such a good place to wrap up. Thank you so much for coming and speaking to us today. Like the Thank chat has been having me. absolutely loving it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank um, you. You're welcome to have me back at any time. Yeah, I, I would absolutely love to. Thank you so much. I'm going to. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, good luck with the rest of everything. You're Thank killing you. it. Good job. I appreciate you being here. Thank, Thank you so bye. much. Bye. Good night. Bye, Catch you later. Thank you for listening. You can follow Pika via the links in the description and I will see you soon for episode four. These episodes are available on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts.